Well, my friends, we are in the company of some very unhappy, frustrated, and bitter people today. And they're frustrated because they don't seem to be in control of their lot in life. And so it's not a fun group to be with. But before you start looking around to see who I'm talking about, let me be clear. I'm referring to the people in the scriptures. <laughs> Elijah is so upset that he wants to die. And this particular passage doesn't say why he wants to die. But we know from the rest of the text that Queen Jezebel wants his head. And she wants it apart from the rest of his body. Because he has been being a good prophet and preaching God's word. And she is not very happy about that. And Elijah is upset because he thinks he has been a good prophet doing God's work. And he expected a better return for his labors than the price on his head. And so he's fed up with life and he finds a place to hide because he thought he was in control of what he was doing. And he tells God, that's it, you might just as well take my life. Which is never a good idea to tell God to do that. And Paul writes to the Ephesians and notes that they have taken up bitterness, he says, and fury and anger, shouting and reviling. The kinds of things that can happen in any community of people, in a family, in a neighborhood, in an ecclesial community, in a village, in a nation, and in our world. And like Elijah, the Ephesians appear to be closed to what God has called them to be through the example and teaching of Jesus Christ. So Paul is upset with them and asks them, how can they rejoice in the life of the Spirit if they're living like that? In the Gospel, John tells us that the crowds are murmuring, which is a nice way of saying they're complaining. Personally, I like the Old Testament expression, grumbling, which we had in the readings last week. They think that Jesus is blaspheming by saying that he has come down from heaven. He is playing God. After all, they say, we know his parents, he's one of us. Shouldn't someone have control over these outrageous statements? Where are his parents? when we need them? Does he think he's God? Where does he get off claiming to come down from heaven? Into each of these situations, the compassion and the providence of God brings hope and a new sense and a new purpose of life. For Elijah, and for the people of the gospel, that intervention of God is symbolized by bread. For Elijah, the messenger of God is an angel. 
And the angel brings food and water not once, but twice. And the angel touches Elijah. I have a vision of the angel coming and patting Elijah on the head and said, it's okay now, Elijah. You'll be all right. Here, eat, drink. And then the angel utters this great line, get up and eat, else the journey will be too long for you. Paul reminds the Ephesians that they have been anointed by the Spirit and do not breathe the Spirit, Paul says, because they are the beloved children of God and they have, re they have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. All that is asked of them is love. Kindness is to be their food. Jesus responds to those who murmur with one of the most profound teachings in the Gospels. He calls himself, in this short passage, bread six times. And in the whole of chapter 6, refers to himself as bread 17 times. And so you can understand why the Church sees in this text the very heart of its Eucharistic theology. When Jesus calls himself the living bread, he addresses that deep, deep hunger of all of us. Not a hunger for control or for power or even for reward, but a hunger that is a kind of consciousness of being unconditionally loved by God. It is that spiritual hunger that brings us into this community, where we discover that communion is more than being fed. It is in belonging to each other and realizing that together, and only together, are we able to take up the journey of Jesus' mission. Elijah continued on to Mount Horeb, which we know to be that place of encounter, both in the geography and also in the mind of God's people, that symbolic place of encounter between humanity and divinity. And isn't that our life, indeed our mission, a journey that is a series of encounters between ourselves and our God. The words of Paul describe what those encounters looked like. Set aside, he says, bitterness and anger, shouting and malice, and rather take up kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. Without the food of the word, at the table, and without the company of each other, indeed the journey would be too long.